Hey there, this is Red Zone Redemption, a fantasy football podcast, part of the Roto Heat Network. Make sure you follow us on your preferred podcasting network. We should be on there. And this is your host, FF Shane B. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Thanks. Welcome to Red Zone Redemption. I'm your host for the night, Shane Barrett. You can find me on Twitter at FFShaneB. And joining me tonight is dedicated Miami Heat fan and content creator, the one and only Steven Pintado, who you guys can find on Twitter at Coach Stephen P. Steven, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good, Shane. You know, obviously my Heat are playing right now at War of Three, whatever it is. It's a great night, and we get to talk about fantasy football tonight, so it's a pretty good night for me. I have guested on your show before, so glad to return the favor and have you online. And we'll both probably be a little distracted because we both have a game on in the background, but this will be a good episode. This will be fun. Did I get your handle oh, right? Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's that's my personal handle, so cool, yes. Cool. And then before we get started into the show, kind of tell people like where you produce content at and, and whatnot. Yeah, so my main podcasting is done with the Fantasy Coaches. We podcast there every Mondays during the off-season year. We do things between Dynasty and Redraft, all, all in between and everything else like that. And if you want to see my written work, I do a lot of writing with Dynasty Nerds over there with them as well. So a little mix of both. So. I know you were part of the Nerds, so that's pretty cool. Well, yeah. And that, folks, right there is why we have these different guests on, because you get different <laughs> perspectives of people who are definitely credible, so... Thanks for coming on, Stephen, and let's jump into the topic. So we're going to do three players that you should trade for and three players that you should trade away. And I said that in the reverse order of how we're going to do it. We're going to start with players that we're trading away first. I threw Stephen a curveball on the show sheet, and he started (laughs) typing stuff in. I started giving my commentary before we even started the show, and then he was like, oh, wait. (laughs) I thought you just didn't like my my bias. I'm like, eh, whatever. I don't care. So, but yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you thought like me and like no selling them players are not what we're trying to do right no, now. So. I uh, I won't spoil it, but one of your buys I have tried to get as many shares of as possible in rookie drafts. I actually literally just drafted him. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But Absolutely. you as the guest, I'm gonna let you kick it off. Let me ask you this: for your trading away. And trading for, I guess, did you go like number one is the person you're trying to trade away the most and number three is the person who you're trying to trade away the least or did was there any particular order? No, not really in any in particular order, but I mean, I can do it in particular no, order. Cool. Like. Let's start with number three for you and go. we'll go three to one. So who is your third player that you are trading away? Yeah, so the third player I'm trying to trade away right now is Darren Waller, the new tight end for the New York Giants. And while it's obviously great for his career to go into a new situation, start fresh once again, he's going to be 31 years old during the season at some point. He's a tight end who's been missing 14 games over the last two years now with injuries. He's not a young sprout anymore. He's not a player that's like Mark Andrews age when he's 27, 28 in his prime. He's a little above that right now. Granted, he hasn't played as many seasons as a guy like Travis Kelsey at his age right now. But, you know, the age, the injuries, and the fact that he's going to an offense that's very questionable in the passing game. Yes, people might have different things to say about Daniel Jones, but we don't know if Darren Waller is going to be able to hold up for 17 games or if he's actually going to be the true, you know, 
number one pass catcher there. So for me, I think it's a great time to sell the unknown of what this Darren Waller giant offense looks like because of the knee. And at this point of the offseason, you're looking to trade name value players before things start going throughout the season. Because if he gets hurt again, you're not going to have much value with Darren Waller. He's probably going to. <laughs> like, if he gets hurt again and it's severe enough that he misses, let's say, at least eight games, like, from a fantasy perspective, he might be done, in my opinion, which is, that maybe seem bold, but he's not played a lot the last two years. So, I I like this call a lot. I'm going to push back on you just a little bit. Like, I think he's a sell also, but I personally might wait until like week one maybe and see if like if he blows up in week one then i am all for selling him because everything that you just the unknown of the offense i think hit daniel jones is a bit of an unknown at least when it comes to the passing game waller's durability is a giant question mark and then two like i know you don't want to like judge players on like if they catch touchdowns or whatnot but like Waller's never really been a touchdown guy. He's been that 20 to 20 type of tight end. And with the way this offense works and how it kind of runs through the ability of Barkley and Jones to run, I don't know how much Waller's going to be needed as much in those 20 to 20 situations. So if he can start catching touchdowns, great. But if not, like, I, I, I... it's hard to to stomach his his price at least. So, what are you selling him for right now? Anything you can get or? Oh, not anything I can get. I mean, I mean, I'm looking to trade him for like I like I'm a big Cole Komet fan still. If I can trade away and get Cole Komet, I'm still willing to do that. If I can trade a trade for one of these young rookie tight ends outside of Dalton Kincaid, because I feel like a lot of people are so high on him, they don't probably want Darren Waller, Micro Mayer. Sam Laporta plus a pick or two, like a second or third round pick of the following year or this year's draft, whatever, is probably what I'm looking for. You could probably maybe sneak and get more to a team who may be a contender who's desperate for a tight end. You might be able to sneak away with a 2024 first in a tight end yeah. premium league. A tight end premium, you know, tight yeah, end premium but you're probably more likely looking for a team that's competing, doesn't want to use a rookie tight end and try to get a young player that has good value and a pick or something out of it at the end of the day. No, I if you can trade for Michael Meyer, Cole Komet, Dalton Kincaid, plus I would, even Sam Laporta plus, I would absolutely do that right now. So, good call. Agreed. Good call. All right, the my third player, and I've not, I've actually traded him once. Now, it was a, a crazy league situation. It was in the multiverse league. And if you guys have listened to my show, you know what that's all about. But I did trade away this player. It's Ken Walker. I I hate it because I like Ken Walker a lot. But his situation has gotten murky. Most people would honestly probably be trying to buy him because of that, that question mark. But I personally just think that Walker is the more talented of the two between him and Charbonnet. And I think Charbonnet is going to kind of be that... I, he's going to be that third down back for the Seahawks, I think. And, but, but who knows with Pete Carroll? Like, I, I legitimately don't know what he does with his running backs. But I like Ken Walker. I think he's the more talented of the two. And I'm willing to trade him away to, like, I'm trying to trade him away in one league right now to improve my receiver room. So if I can trade Ken Walker, who 
I don't even remember where he finished last year, but he finished relatively high, especially because he didn't start off the year as the starter. I would trade Ken Walker and a little bit of extra for like, I'm actually trying to do this, like a Brandon Ayuk, spoiler alert. And, or if you can somehow finagle him into a deal for like a Chris Olave or a Traylon Burks, like if you could get Ken Walker or trade away Ken Walker for Traylon Burks plus, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Oh, that's a great move. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I, I like your sell. I feel like it's just you're not getting the value you want from a player that was probably for a lot of people their number two overall rookie pick yeah. a year ago. And I obviously get why, you know, the rookie coming in, you know, this whole offense is just, it is a big question mark on what is going to do, who's going to do what and who's going to do this. And I guess it is a good time to sell because if things get worse during the season, and they and they use Zach a little bit more, and you're like, oh well, there goes Ken Walker. He's a two down back. He's not going to have the value yeah. for fantasy. It, it is a good time because you're you're taking the dip that you kind of already had to deal with, but you're still there's a thing enough value there with him yeah. being young and the unknown that you're going to have a good value still That'd to be, be a trade away. Thinking. Like it's not it's not the ideal time to sell him, but if you didn't already sell him, I think now is now is the time versus waiting. So yeah. Could get worse during the season. Hopefully, Hopefully not. not. <laughs> it could. I have a lot of gems. <laughs> well, you mentioned it, that he was your, or he was a lot of people's 102. I took him at 101 in a couple leagues. So, Ooh. yeah, I'm, I'm hurting a little bit. But, all right, number two for you. I love that you put this player on here because I think, I mean, from the guys that we have listed, maybe you're number one could possibly be a little more expensive, but I think this is probably the most expensive guy, and I am intrigued to hear why you put him on here. Yeah, so my number two guy is Stefan Diggs, the Buffalo Bills wide receiver, and I feel like when you think of Stefan Diggs, you don't think he's, like, super old or anything like that. Like, he's going to be 30 years old midway through the season, and I don't think a lot of people really realize that when a wide receiver turns 30... Now, obviously, there are some great ones that can do it past 30. But when fantasy owners think of, oh, I don't want a 30-year-old wide receiver on my team. Like, people right now, DeAndre Hopkins, they're like, it's kind of just like, eh. Like, I don't want him, but he's obviously there as a name value. But with Stefan Diggs, you don't have that same situation. You're like, damn, that's Stefan Diggs. He's attached to the Buffalo Bills and their high-power offense. Give me a piece of that right now. And let's say, you know, he's going to be 30 midseason. Let's say, God forbid, that, an injury strikes up where he misses a game or two, or he just doesn't perform to that elite level, you're losing all value on him right now. And if you're not a team that's in that contending form or in general sense right now, you have to be literally winning the Super Bowl. Look the trade away. Grab one of the rookies from last year's class. I like Chris Olave. If you get Chris Olave, you could get Drake London, Burks plus, Jamison Williams plus, things like that. You might not be able to get Garrett Wilson, but some of these wide receivers from last year's class, who I love a lot, and you're going to be able to get that plus maybe a first, maybe two seconds, maybe a couple other players to start your rebuild or just in general, just get better value. This is the time to do it for Stefan Diggs before the season starts because his value isn't going to change from now until October because we already know he's going to be a guy who's going to see, you know, over 130 targets, 1,200 yards, seven, eight touchdowns. We already know that. It's not going to change between now and then. But it's going to change now if, God forbid, something happens during the season in a bad way. So Yeah, no, I, I love this call. And I think the, like, just comparing him to DeAndre Hopkins, not, and I don't think you were, but, like, that's just 
where my brain went. I think the difference is their style of play, where Diggs is that route running technician. Like he's one of the best route runners in the league, and he's gonna get separate create separation through his route running. I think that is going to I think A, that's gonna lead him to having a little bit more longevity in the league. But the other thing is is like even if it does, like as he gets older, that's still going to drop off. It'll be a slower drop off than someone who's like a jump ball, hyper athletic kind of guy, like I kind of associate okay. DeAndre Hopkins with. And so I love trading him now. Like trade him now while he's still twenty ninety and hit thirty yet, and you can still get like especially to a contending team. I think you can get a lot of value out of him right now. So I absolutely love this call. I mean, look at Antonio Brown, someone who had a good route running ability. 30 years old hit after that yeah, kind of fell well, off. I mean, there's different reasons to we it, can but blame Vontez I mean, for that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but God forbid one thing happens to Diggs and that value just completely drops. So it's best to get that value. Yeah. All right. My number two is also a receiver on the other end of the age spectrum. I'm going Amon Ross St. Brown here, and I have actually traded him away in a couple leagues. I did it too many times, so I don't have enough shares of him now. But with the news of Jamison Williams being suspended for six games, Quintus Cephas got cut. I don't think Cephas is really that big of a threat. They drafted Laporta. They drafted Jameer Gibbs. I still think from a volume standpoint and a talent standpoint, Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be number one or number two on the team in targets, and I'd be shocked if he's not number one. Jameer Gibbs would have to have a hell of a season. So with that being said, I'm trying to capitalize on these suspensions and kind of the unknown of what the rookies actually hold and trade him for the mother load. The mother load. Because especially in Dynasty, people are going to look at that age, I think he's 23 maybe, and be like, oh my God, gimme, gimme, gimme. And while I love St. Brown, and I think the talent is there, I don't no, like, I think there's other more talented receivers that are up and coming, like a Garrett Wilson, for example, that could surpass him into that top 12 wide receiver finish as their careers progress and, and parallel each other. So I'm trading Amon Ross St. Brown. Oh, Steven, if you'll give me your thoughts on this, I'll actually go look up a trade where I did send him off. Yeah, yeah, let me know for sure. So... I get selling him at the value now. In Dynasty, sometimes it's it's a good time to sell at value, even though you might like a player. Like, I like Sabre. I, I would love to keep him on my Dynasty team if, if I can. Everyone's situation's obviously different, but you're, and Shane said it best. Right now, he's a confirmed wide receiver one for a team that's up and coming with not much competition at targets right now. And if you can get the bag for him, I mean, it makes a ton of sense. Once Jameson Williams comes back, he's still going to be good. But that elite, elite upside that some people could be hyping up right now is definitely going to go away at some point. You know, he's going to be a really good, strong, you know, high-end wide receiver two, low-end wide receiver one, whatever. But Jameson Williams is going to come back. Sam Laporta is going to, uh, you know, progress in his development. Jameer Gibbs is going to see some targets. Don't know how much at times, but he could be a lot depending on how much they really want to use him in the passing game. So the time is to sell high if you want to on a guy like, you know, St. Brown. But I like to hold on to him personally, but I get selling him high now because of all those factors. So a trade that I made recently for him was I sent Amon Ross St. Brown in a 2023 third. I'll 
don't remember which pick that was, for Brandon Ayuk in 2.23 seconds. So, what are your thoughts on that? Probably the same brown side still. I'm still probably taking the same brown side. It seems like you like Brandon Ayuk a lot because you've mentioned him like three or four times. I had him on the show sheet as one of my buys or one of the guys I want to trade for, but you actually mentioned a player that I did. I've obviously traded for Brandon Ayuk, but another player that I've traded for recently, I was like, you know, I'm actually going to throw him on there instead. But yeah, I like Ayuk a lot. I have said before that I think from just a pure wide receiver standpoint, I think he's better than Debo. I think yes. Debo is a much better offensive weapon where he he's more versatile in the ways that you can use him. But I think when it comes to just like the true technique of being a wide receiver, I think Ayuk is that guy. And so I do love Ayuk and would be willing to trade for him, obviously. So, and was honestly with that trade, I, I like to di- diversify assets a little bit, go get guys I like, go get guys that I don't have a ton of shares of and I didn't have enough shares of Ayuk for as much as I've been talking about him this offseason. So I want to put my money where my mouth is. Hey, I like it. I have 17, 18 leagues. I don't think I have a single share of Brandon Ayuk, so maybe I need to go out and do that. I think you should. All right, I'm going to switch things up. I'm going to go first on this one because I, 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 I get yours, but I feel, feel like it's a good topic for contention, so we're going to hold on to it. So gotcha. my last sell, my first sell, is a guy who... The talent for, like, okay, first off, this guy went to my high school. So I've seen him play live. Kid's a stud. He's only 21, maybe 22, and going into his second year. It's George Pickens. And the talent is there. I don't know if the headspace is there. Like, I've seen that for four years because he went to Georgia, and I'm an Auburn fan, so they played each other. He did some stupid crap in, in games. And then there's obviously that injury concern where, like, if he had not been hurt, I truly think he's talented enough that he could have been considered for wide receiver one in the class last year if he'd not been hurt. But the injuries there, I don't trust Kenny Pickett as far as I can throw him. And it'll be interesting to see what this offense does with a new offensive coordinator. I think they have a new offensive coordinator. I'm pretty sure they do. They no. We still have no Okay, I mean, so (laughs) honestly, I would try and sell him off the hype of him being young and the connection that he did show with Pickett because I don't trust Pickett, I don't trust Canada to make him fantasy viable for long enough. I like it. I like it. I I think, I feel like there is definitely a market to buy the upside of uh, George Pickett still. You know, me personally, I'm like, you know, I'm kind of like indifferent about him. You know, I feel like there's potential there, but like I'm not like actively trying to get him on my team yeah. personally, just because of that whole situation with the Steelers offense. It's very like there's a lot of good pieces, but like I feel like, you know, can Kenny Pickett really do it? I don't have confidence. You obviously don't have confidence. <laughs> so like, you know, can you sell off on the upside hype of his talent? I think this is a good time to do because if you get in the middle of the season, we could be in another situation where we have Chase Claypool again, where we don't. Like, there was upside there, and then, oh, he's not doing anything we thought he was going to do, and it's Deontay Johnson still getting the ball, Pat Frymuth, they're running the ball with Najee Harris, and then George Pickens kind of like, you know, a four for 50, great day, but, like, that's not the upside play that you want as a wide receiver that he was offering when he was coming out. 
sell them now before the season gets here. It makes sense. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I'd try to sell them for a 24 first. I don't know if you're going to get that, but I think that's mm. at least a starting point. You may have to offer a little extra to, to get that, but I think it's a starting point. I think it's a good start. You might get declined. You might have to try to think of like a good option. Like in this year's draft, who I liked. Like it's not a lot. Like, I don't know. Maybe I would, I, I like Quentin Johnson still. Maybe try to swap that, go with the better talent with the better offense and the quarterback, oh. Justin Herbert. I, he might not, I know some people want to panic Johnson. <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> I was a big fan of him. So, I mean, that's one direction I yeah. would consider. No, I mean, if you I feel like you're not going to get like, the value you want from the the perspective that you're taking there, like better talent, better offense, like that, I would do that trade. I'll question you on the better talent, but the better offense is clearly there, and the better quarterback is light years away from when it comes to Herbert to pick it. So, if if there's right. somebody that can elevate a wide receiver's play it's going to be Herbert elevating Johnson versus Pickett elevating Pickens. So, yeah, I, I could get behind Makes that. Sense. All right. Your turn. My turn. I love you. Like, I get it. It makes so much sense, but it hurts me at the same time because I love this player. So, have at it. Yeah, no. I know. I guess my number one player is, to sell right now is, is DeAndre Swift. Obviously, a tremendous talent football player. I mean, when he's on the field and producing, it's fun to watch. And obviously, the trade to Philly, I, I feel like people were already down on him because, oh, Detroit's not going to use him. Detroit's not using him. They don't like him. That was in everyone's mindset. And I don't think his value kind of dropped. Like, no one's like, why do I want Tandra Swift? The team doesn't believe in him. Why do I want him? Now he goes to Philly. Everyone is in love with Philly right now and their, and their fantasy teams. Everyone wants a part of that Philly offense here. Because of Jalen Hurts and the wide receivers. And we saw what Miles Sanders was able to do last season. Well, so Swift, yeah, he could be in for a good season, but there's still the issues of him continuously missing games every year. He's missed at least three games every single season since he's been in the league. You know, he's not going to have, you know, early on, I feel like he had a lot of opportunity for rushing touchdowns outside of the Jamal Williams season. You know, Jalen Hurts is going to run those balls in yeah. a lot of times. I mean, I know Miles Sanders had a good amount of rushing touchdowns this year, but. Jalen Hurts is going to run them in. This passing offense is, I think, picking up where they're going to use these two wide receivers. They have Dallas Goddard here. You know, in Detroit, they didn't have two elite wide receivers and an elite tight end for an entire season, any time he's been there. So you're going to a situation where maybe he's not going to see that upside in targets anymore. He might see 50-60 maybe, and they might run the ball in terms of committee. I mean, they brought Rashad Penny, who's a great two-down runner. Fantastic two dollar injury history. Dude, He's got injury history. He more than three all games. I'll be shocked. Well, those four games, DeAndre Swift won't do anything. So it's all Rashad Penny for maybe four they games. Can time it and up. then, sorry to interrupt you, but maybe they can time it up to where the four no. games that Swift misses to injury are the four games that Penny actually plays. There we go. Yeah, they could just be having a lead running back for four games, another four games, then we'll figure it out from there. And then again, you know, Kenny Gainwell is going to get involved. Obviously, they, they keep, you know, he, he's been involved in this offense. He knows the offense. Like, it, it's just a good opportunity to sell high on a player before we get back into another Detroit situation where he's injured, where he's not seeing enough playing time. You know, I feel like you could get the upside right now of an RB1 for a player. Like, someone will buy into that. 
and I think is a good time to get its first in this year's draft or first in next year's draft, plus maybe something else small, like a third or second next year, you know, I think this is a good time to sell off because it is another season where he's injured and not playing to a workhorse level. You're just not going to get that value ever again. No one's going to believe that DeAndre is going to be ever a guy who sees 200 touches plus. It's it tough. So I get it. Because the, the problem, the only problem I have with this is when he's on the field, he's, he produces, like he produces yes. for fantasy at an RB1 level. So it's just, oh, it hurts, but I get it. Like, I'm not going to fight you on on selling DeAndre Swift if that's your prerogative now. So It is. If I could sell him, I will. But I mean, I'm not going to just yeah. sell him to sell him. I mean, you're going to try to get RB1 value out of him. And if not, I'll hold on to him and until I get that. All right. Let's move over to the other side. And I'm really excited for your list. Like, I absolutely love your list. There's like, oh, I just, I'm excited. So I will let you start off. We'll go three to one again and talk to me about your three. Yeah. So my third person to buy right now is Jahan Dotson. I switched it. I had Jameson Williams there at first, but I went with Dotson because I just finished an article with him. And I feel like compared to that class of last year, you know, with all with London, Wilson, Alave, someone else, oh, Williams went in there. No one's talking about Dotson whatsoever in the fantasy community. He's not being, you're talking about him. Not yeah. many people are. I, I listen to a lot. I see a lot on Twitter. There's not a ton of hype on him for being a first round pick last year. And, and I, I guess obviously can get why. Obviously the quarterback situation doesn't, you know, excite people. I love Sam Howell. I am sure we might be talking about him in a minute, but I love Sam Howell. He's a, I think he's going to be a great quarterback for this commander's team. I, I, I think he was in my QB1 in the class last year. So... Dotson is in a good situation. He was a touchdown machine last year. He had seven touchdowns last year. He's in an offense where Alec Bieniemy is coming to the team, whether people agree that he was involved in making this Chiefs dynasty legit or not. He's a smart man, and he's going to go there. He's going to use the RPO. He's going to use Sam Howell in that way. Short passage underneath is going to be right to Dotson. Boom. And also, we saw the Chiefs use gadget players to their best ability. Now, he's not a gadget player, Dotson. But he's a player that can be used like a gadget player if needed. You know, he's a guy who can get downfield quick. He's someone who can get underneath. He's someone who can take it un- end around and go 50 yards with it. So getting the most out of him, I think, is important. And we saw the commanders not use much capital or, or free agencies to bring in offensive yeah. players. It's Terry McLaurin still, an aging, you know, he's also a little older. I mean, Curtis Samuel, he's a decent receiver. They still have Logan Thomas. As their tight end, they have a running game. I don't know if they're ever going to use Antonio Gibson every game, even though they say they know he's there. So Dotson has a big opportunity, and you can probably get him for a couple seconds yeah, right now, I think. Start off with your early second and see what you have to spring yeah. on top. Right. I don't no. think it's a lot, though, because I don't think many people are excited about him. And I, I'm, gonna, I'm starting now to go out there and start buying him now because it's the perfect yeah. time to do so. No, I... Absolutely love this call, and it actually ties to my third buy, which is is Sam Howell. But I'll talk about Dotson a little bit first. Like, okay, so I have already mentioned it on the show. I'm an Auburn fan. Auburn and Penn State played each other last year, but also two years ago when Dotson was there. Auburn's defense that year was absolutely phenomenal. It was the only reason that we were in games. 
Jahan Dotson absolutely carved our secondary up. And you're like, well, what about the quarterback? The quarterback was freaking Sean Clifford. Like, Clifford is not good. (laughs) And that's a side note for those of you that hate on Will Levis, but whatever. Jahan Dotson, like, just absolutely destroyed the secondary in that game. And that was when I started, like, really, like, falling in love with him because he's that he's that guy that's just going to get open for you no matter what. And even though he is a bit smaller, like, he will go get the ball for you no matter what. And, uh, like, my comp for him in this year's rookie draft is Josh Downs. Like, I feel like they are extremely similar players. And I honestly <laughs> don't have enough of Josh Downs in the rookie drafts that I've done so far. But Jahan Dotson is a guy that I absolutely love. So this is a phenomenal call. And like you said, after Terry McLaurin, there's not a clear-cut number two. And Dotson missed some games with injury last year. So I'm really excited to see what he can do this year. So I love And he played well with every Washington quarterback last year. He played well with Kurt. He played well with Heineke. He played three for 74 yards with Sam Howell. So... He, he's a good player. Okay, now on to mine, Sam Howell. I was with you. He was my QB1 in the class last year. I I loved this kid. I did not understand why Pew, and why the NFL even dropped him down so much because two years prior, like when he was a freshman, when he was a sophomore, and he had Javante Williams, Michael Carter, um, Deami yeah, Brown, Brown. and who was the kid that went to the uh, the Browns. He's, I don't think he's there anymore. Oh, yes. That's awesome. Thank you. He had all four of those guys and he was producing at this level, like at a premier level. And then he lost all four of those guys. And the thing that, oh, and morning. he had Josh Downs, but the thing that I don't understand is like his passing, pr- like production for me didn't drop off significantly enough to be like, oh, he can't throw the ball. And then his rushing picked up and it was because he had to run but for me that showed an ability to run that he had had to show previously so now we know he can be a dual threat quarterback and so from a fantasy perspective long like this year you've got somebody who's got the ability to be a rushing quarterback when needed and do i think he's going to be lamar jackson anthony richardson mike vick level like heck no but do I think he could get you maybe three, if he starts the whole season, two to three hundred rushing yards? Yeah, absolutely. And then from a passing standpoint, like this kid has such arm talent that it like I don't understand why he fell in the NFL draft. And now he's got probably well at least from a receiver standpoint, he's got better weapons with McLaurin and Dotson and Curtis Samuel versus Newsom and, and Deion Brown. Deion yeah. Brown's at three. Is there yeah. too. <laughs> so the running game, I, I I love Michael Carter and Javante Williams. Like the talent is there, no doubt. So like, look, I think Sam Howell is primed for a really really good season, and now is the time to buy him for cheap because people are, I don't like, especially in superflex leagues. Like, you could probably get him for a late second round pick, maybe an early third round pick. And for a starting quarterback, like that's stealing in super flex leagues. And I think he will return the value on that pretty easily. I know I got him in one of the leagues that I'm in with you that was very criticized. So, but 
I'll take yeah, it. I mean, I traded for, I, no, it was one QB, but I traded for him in a one QB league just because I was like, you know what? Why not? Like, when my, because yeah. my starter in that league's Trevor Lawrence, like, I'm going to need somebody or he blows up, like, if someone's hurting at quarterback and you, we know there's going to be injuries, like, I can sell him for, for something. So, oh, all right. I feel like I've talked too much. So it's your turn. Yeah, it's definitely your turn. Just, Hit me with the goods because this is this is one of my favorite players. Yes, I believe this would be your favorite player. So my second player to buy right now this offseason is Tank Bigsby. He was drafted in the fourth round to the Jacksonville Jack. Third round, third round to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, thank you. You got that day two capital. Yes. Player who was my RB4 in the class prior to the NFL draft. So I was a big fan of him, obviously. He didn't have the elite season that some of these other running backs like bj robinson had but he had four basically really strong seasons on the ground and in the passing game and to me that's with that auburn teams you know how auburn has been the last four years it's not been good on offense you just mentioned it how the defense was basically holding them alive by a thread he did what he was able to do with bad offenses to produce solid yards now he ends up in a situation where i feel like the jacksonville jaguars want to use multiple running backs we saw the whole led Travis Etienne just eat, 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 and it didn't really work effectively enough, I feel like, for this offense. I think they're going to end up using both these guys in the offense more often than not. And, you know, I think, you know, if you saw already, again, it's only minicamp, and, you know, I don't want to overhype it, but everyone seemed to love him at minicamp. And, like and his, I think he can take over this pass-catching role for this offense, and we know how pass-catching backs can be great for fantasy and he can run the ball so there's no question in that and we saw Travis Etienne not really get involved in the passing game as much so Tank Bixby could end up being that third down back for this team here and obviously get sprinkled in on first and second downs when needed and if God forbid something happens to Travis Etienne you have a, a guy who can slide in and be the full-time starter for an offense that everyone is kind of working their way to being the Jags are a good offense now which it's been a long time since we've heard that in a while so and you're getting him in rookie drafts for like middle of the third right now, early, you know, maybe second, like, maybe yeah. late second, early third, yeah. that range right now. But I've seen him fall to the middle of the third round and I've scooped him oh. up and I've been excited about it. And you could probably trade him probably for 2024, for second, 2024, third, maybe right now still. I think that's an option out there depending on who you're selling to. And you're getting great value for a player that couldn't end up being really good this yeah. season. No, I, I this call on that. You you knew that, but like like you said, Tank was basically yes. Auburn's <laughs> offense in college. Like their offensive line was horrible, quarterback play was inconsistent, and coaching was horrible. So like, Tank was their whole offense. And then I, I'm very torn because I also love Travis Etienne. So like I hate this pick. I hated this pick in the NFL draft for fantasy, but loved it for real football. Because I think ETN and Tank will actually complement each other really, really well. Now, the yes. good news is we've seen it. It's been a couple years, but we've seen where an NFL team, I almost said NBA because I was looking at the TV, where an NFL team has had two RB1s for fantasy. The Cleveland Browns did it two or three years ago with Kareem Hunt and, and Nick Chubb. I love both of these guys and would love to see it happen here. I think it's possible. And what we've seen a lot with the NFL is like that true workhorse back 
where they're getting 80% plus of touches is going by the wayside. Like, most guys, most RB1s are getting 60 to 70% of the touches with a lot of them being closer to the 60% realm. And so I think there's an opening for both Tank and ETN to finish as RB1s because I think they're both talented. And like you said, this Jaguars offense is going to be good for the first time in years. So I don't know. I'm I'm really torn, but I can't not draft my favorite players. So I'm drafting Tank pretty much everywhere. And I've gotten them anywhere from, I mean, I've taken them early second because I'm just bought in to anywhere in the middle of the third, I think was probably the latest I've gotten them just because the value is there. So. Right. Same. Oh, take that call. Okay. So this is where my, my switch came in. I switched to Drake London. This is where I had Brandon Ayuk. So he's my honorable mention, but Drake London is a guy who I don't like, I didn't have a ton of shares of. And I was like, you know, part of that was probably just cost from last year. But because of the way that the offense went and the way that this offseason has gone, I feel like Drake London is kind of a buy right now. Like, obviously, Pitts is going to be back and healthy. But there's, and, and Bijan is there, and we know Bijan can catch. But I still think, and Ritter is a guy who I was also high on. And so I really think that while this offense is probably still going to be run first, there's an opportunity for Drake London to be the wide receiver one, probably second in targets behind Pitts if Arthur Smith actually uses Pitts. If not, London could lead the team in targets. And I, he's kind of like Dotson for me. Like I don't, He's a more expensive version when it comes to like what you would have to pay for him. But I don't feel like a lot of people are talking about it. And so, it it honestly feels like the whole, like, second-year class, other than Garrett Wilson, I don't, like, I haven't seen a ton of people talk about him. So, they're all kind of, like, sneaky buys to me right now. But, like, Drake London is a guy who, he's 6'5", he's athletic as heck, and I think now's the time to go buy him while there's still a little bit of unknown of what this offense will truly look like. Because I think then you can capitalize on it. If he really, like, if he blows up, like, then you can go sell him if you're not, like, a true believer. If you want to just capitalize on the value, like, go sell him. I'm not going to stop you. So. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I like that a lot there. Like I said, just, it's just like Dotson. I mean, it's just London is a, is a great talent there. I mean, he had, like, 90 yards in two of the last three games with, you know, Desmond Ritter at quarterback here. And yes, you know, there's no Kyle Pitts, but I mean, there's that upside there that he was talked about. He was the first wide receiver off the board. I mean, there was a reason behind it. He was an elite prospect coming out. And everyone's so focused on this running game for Atlanta now because uh, they have Robinson, obviously. And obviously Ritter, you know, is a mobile quarterback, but they do have to throw the ball. And I don't really see outside of Kyle Pitts, there's no one really else on this team. If you look at this offense, Owen went in the passing game. I mean, Scotty Miller is the wide receiver three right now. I mean, it is I mean, not Mac looking Holmes, good. It's like, Mac Collins had a Mac great Collins, like he's 30 years old, but especially for like his career. But like, no, he's not a threat. No one's a threat outside of Kyle Pitts. And, you know, they don't have to depend on how they want to use Kyle Pitts. So 
London it has an opportunity to buy now and, and get that upside still that we all drafted him as. So I like that. It's a great pick right there. All right. I'm going to let you go here. I'm going to, I'm not judging you off your fandom here. Cause if I remember correctly, you are a Dolphins fan. You are. Yeah. You see it in the background. But I, I think we talked about this last off season, this player. And Probably. so I am in, I, I'm, I'm ready to hear you sell me on him. You don't have to sell me on him, but I'm ready to hear you sell the audience on him. Have at it. Who is your number one buy right now? So my number one buy right now is Tua Tunga Bailoa. Obviously Dolphins fan here, but it's not, it's not the reason why I'm trying to buy him right now. Like I said, in Superflex right now, I feel like there is a top eight in terms of quarterbacks right now that people don't want to sell. They want those quarterbacks as their top eight. top eight. Really and Tua kind of... Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Hertz, J Herbert, Fields, Jackson, and Lawrence. That's the top eight. To me, yeah, my opinion, no. that's the top people that people want right now. And outside of that, you could make arguments for some certain people, but you can make a big argument for Tua Tunga by lower that at points last year, he belonged in that top eight based on the offense he was in. I mean, he had four games over 25 fantasy points last year. Just elite. Obviously, he had that one game where it was like 50, but I'm not going to count that as a normal basis. Yeah, but, you know, 29, 25, 27, these fantasy points with the wide receivers on this team that they have, they're going to continue to throw the ball. And he, they didn't bring anyone in the run game. Yeah, I like Devin A-Chain, but they didn't bring in one run game that's going to be like, oh, they're going to run the ball a ton now. It's a pass-first offense that is a very strong head coach and Mike McDaniel who is going to be creative and find ways to get that ball downfield. And again, the biggest bugaboo is his injury history. You know, the concussions. You know, hopefully he's doing something with his, you know, jiu-jitsu or whatever it was this offseason that will make him fall better. I don't know why he can't fall off his, not upon his head for God's sake, but this is the time to buy to him because if he does come in the season and plays well, people are going to probably want to sell high on him and, and get the most possible for him. But right now is a good time to buy low. So you can potentially sell high later in the season. Again, if you buy him now probably for 2024 first, I think that's still good value for a quarterback that has that top six, seven upside in his game. It's 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 good time to buy now because during the season, and it's risky obviously, but during the season, if he's putting up these great numbers that he went healthy, was doing, you could probably get two first for him. A first plus somebody else out of him right now. Not right now, but then. And again, you're taking the risk because if he gets hurt and doesn't play again, yeah. But you're getting lower value in a player that has upside in their game. He's a boom or bust with quarterback right now that if he can stay healthy, he's going to be a boom after He's still, like, he's still relatively young. So, like, let's say he, stay, yeah. he stays 24. healthy has four really good games and it gets to the point where you can sell them for two firsts sell like at that point if you're not a believer i am i love tua like i was all in on him last year and i'm I'm right there with you like this guy this kid can throw like he is a good quarterback i don't care what people say about his deep ball like he is good enough to be a fantasy relevant and playoff winning quarterback in my opinion but let's say you're not a believer you take this advice you go buy him and then in the middle of the season 
his value goes up. Sell him for a first plus one of these rookie QBs, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, because at that point, they're probably struggling because they're still adjusting to the NFL, except for maybe Bryce Young because he's a smart right. genius. But <laughs> you can, their value will probably have taken a dip because they're a rookie and they don't start off well typically. And then you can capitalize and build your team for the future. Like, let's say you're kind of a middle-of-the-pack team and you're not sure if you can truly contend. I would make that move in a heartbeat. Like, yeah, two is still young, but you could get younger and get that pick to help build the team for the future. Yeah, definitely. And the whole deep ball thing, he was 13th in deep ball attempts last year and was top three in deep bar completions. Completely just said, screw you guys. I'm, I can do this. And really, like, there were times where, like, he would, he would either get hit or I don't know, like, something would happen and he would, like, just have a bad rep. And people are like, oh, he can't throw the deep ball. I'm like, you guys are so, like, like, the recency. He had no receivers. The recency bias <laughs> is, was, was horrible. But, all right, that's another topic for another day. But, yes, go buy Tua. I, if I didn't already have him in a bunch of leagues, like, I'd be all in again. Like, Same. He's the only, con- the only difference this year is the injury concern, I think, is worse. But I, I still love the guy. Like, and I trust his talent. So, all right. My last one is I apparently was going in. I, I, I had the Pittsburgh Steelers in mind for some reason with this episode. So I'm going Najee Harris here. Najee Harris was the biggest winner of the NFL draft for me because the Steelers improved their offensive line. He has not been efficient in his first two years because their offensive line has been hot garbage. Like, I think I probably could have played better offensive line, and I haven't played offensive line since sixth grade. They won't. Like, they've just been... And so I think Najee is going to see an uptick in efficiency simply because he's got better blocking. And I we've talked about our concerns with Pickett, I think one of those things that will help Pickett is using Najee in the past game. And he's a very capable receiver. So I'm buying Najee Harris right now because I think he's going to bounce back from what he was last year. And the other thing, too, is like he was not healthy for the first half of last year. When he finally did get healthy, his points per game increased. I can't remember what the margin was, but there was a pretty significant uptick in his points per game in the second half of the, the season. I got you on the I got you on the stats. Hold on. He did have a Liz Frank injury, and if we know about that, that's a foot injury that takes time to heal. If you guys remember Debo Samuel's a couple of years ago, he suffered that, and then just was never that same the season. Najee Harris was able to find a way to come back in that second half. And I did his like projection. I did an article. It's like a seventeen game projection on both the first half and the back half. In the first half, it was like he had barely a thousand all purpose yards and two and and four and four touchdowns. In the last nine games, he had over 1,400 yards and, and 13 touchdowns on the ground like all, all together. Like, he produced in a big way in that second half there. He was an RB6 the final nine games of the season. It was, it was incredible how well he played. And you're going to get that moving forward with a better yeah. blocking, better offense in a general sense. Yeah. I, th- I think that's the, the biggest point is, like, like his rookie year, he was phenomenal from a fantasy perspective, but it was purely volume. Like they, like, yes, they just 
peppered him and peppered him and peppered him because Ben Roethlisberger couldn't have thrown it like, like I'm sitting on well, our couches. I'm able to split it in half. The other half of the couch is maybe four feet. Ben Roethlisberger couldn't throw that far. So he was having to dump it off to Najee and they drafted him to pound the rock with them. So like now they're finally improving that offensive line. I really, really think we're going to see maybe a little bit lower volume, but not significantly enough, but a huge uptick in efficiency. Yeah. That he's going to be able to make. He did all that with Kenny Pickett too, which is a good thing. So Kenny Pickett, whether you like him or not, he's going to have to improve a little bit at least. There's going to be a little bit more on the defense, like, hey, we have to, you know, you know, watch the passing game a little bit more. And I, I think Pickett can improve from this too just because he's also going to have more time, you know. So maybe we, we see – my problem with Pickett was, like, I feel like people kind of overhyped him when he came in to where, for me, I felt like he was already at his ceiling. Like, I didn't really see much of – much room for improvement in his game. Right. The like maybe being in the NFL for like now his second year with more time to throw, we see a little bit of an uptick, but I just don't like I'm not excited about him from a talent perspective to really know if that's going to be significant enough, but better offensive line play is always good in my book. So agreed. All right, man, well thanks for coming on. That wraps up the show. And before we go, I want you to, again, let people know where they can find you and anything else that you would like to plug. Now is the time, sir. Appreciate it, Shane. Thanks for having me on tonight. This was a ton of fun. Love talking fantasy, obviously, with you. But yeah, guys, so if you could, I appreciate it. Check us over at Fantasy Coaches. We go live every Monday at 5.30 Eastern PM time. Next week, we'll be talking about year two players. So that's going to be a lot of fun. You can always see us over on Twitter at the Coaches Fantasy. You can always find me over on Twitter. Also, my own personal Twitter tag at Coach Stephen P, where I post all my dynasty work. I'm writing content over there with them. I just finished an article on Jahan Dotson that should be posted any today or tomorrow. So I look forward to all that. And again, any questions? Feel free to hit me up anytime. Nice. nice. And thanks again for coming on. And thank you all for listening. Don't forget to sign up for Polly's Playoff, where you can now sign up at Polly'sPlayoff.com. Thank you again, Mr. Rick Butts. And this has been Red Zone Redemption, the show where we help you make the moves to save your fantasy season.